It is what we're thinking about, and what we're thinking about is evolved communication. Hello, and welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. This is the place where we connect and converse to explore communication in our relationships, our social world, inner development, and spirituality. Today, we open our hearts and we get real. Well, hi, everybody. It's Barry Ebern, and I'm back with what we're thinking about. And my guest today is Reverend Jackie Harris. We're going to be talking about the social aspect of communication and how we move out into the world and interact with each other. And Jackie, great to have you here with us today. Great to be with you, Barry. And uh, one of the things that you and I have been talking about and and moving towards uh, in this podcast here is... uh, uh, the work of Valerie Kaur in her book, uh, See No Stranger, and just um, her revolutionary love project and kind of moving out into the world and interacting with other people as we, uh, as we open up now. So uh, I just want to get some of your thoughts on that and on Valerie Kaur's work and how it relates to what we're doing now. Sure. Well, I want to take just a minute to tell you how I got introduced to her. I got introduced to uh, Valerie in January when she did what what she called a uh, people's uh, inauguration. And it was 10 days of talking about much of her work. But really, it started on the 21st of January. And she really was trying to bring people back into, I believe, a sense of feeling wholeness with themselves and with each other. Great, great. And that... uh you know, you got me introduced to her book, uh, See No Stranger, and uh, her coming um, uh, from her, tra- not only from her training, but from her culture and how she's kind of woven her personal life into um, her life's work. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about sure. that. I'd love to. You know, she is a Sikh uh, by religion, and of course, many people call that Sikh. Um, uh, they are predominantly from India, and they have a beautiful tradition, and we here in at Mile High do the have worked with the uh, their community uh, in the in the fall several times. But in her work, she was a student at Stanford University when 9/11 happened. And all of a sudden her world changed because what happened, being a sick, The men, particularly in that faith, wear turbans and they had brown skin. And they started being treated as though they were terrorists because of what had happened at 9-11. And it really put a spark in her. Her grandfather had been huge in who she had become before that moment. But at that moment, it shifted for her and she realized she needed to do something different. And so she started traveling all over the country, visiting people who were affected by 9-11. And she went to the first site of the first sick that was killed because of what they looked like in Arizona. And that was kind of a memorial place for her from then on. Well, I think one of the concepts that she really brings forward in a big way is the concept of other, of people being other and of othering other people. And she could see that uh, in her life, uh, with her family and with her culture, that they had been put in an other position by the way that they looked. And I know a lot of her work is about closing that gap and about being able to uh, bring ourselves into community and into conversation with people who we might think of as other than us. Absolutely. 
She has created a compass, actually, which I think is fascinating. And the first area of it that she talks about is others. And she said one of the she says one of the most important things we've got to learn about others is to approach them with a sense of wonder, curiosity. Who are you? Not you're different than me. You look different than me. You act different than me. But have a real curiosity so we can really appreciate humans for the fact they are humans and see more of how we're alike then we're different. So I love that term, othering, Barry. I think that's really, I think that's a huge focus of what she does. Yeah, because I think a lot of our time is spent uh, defending our own turf, defending mm -hmm. our own ideas, defending our own tribe, and listening to information that defends and supports our tribe. And I think her work is really about um, having the courage and having the compassion to uh, to not only see other people, but engage with other people and find out more about them. And uh, that's what I think a big part of us moving forward now is going to be to uh, see our similarities rather than our differences in a bigger way. Absolutely. And in that first, when she talks about others, she doesn't say that we shouldn't do things like grieve for what's happened, but that grief... Anytime we are feeling that way towards someone, we need to understand our shared humanity. And we can feel our grief. In another level, she talks about rage. And the interesting thing about that is it's not raging against the person, but having your personal rage so you can feel it, that you absolutely feel the rage, but it's more of a personal. Uh, she talks about, in her book, she talks about her young son, that he used to throw temp he would throw temper tantrums. And she said, that's okay, but you have to do it in this safe space. Throw pillows, do things that make it a safe rage. So I just think it's powerful how she, uh, for a young woman, has been able to take something so full of grief for her and turn it into something so powerful for the rest of us, which is what she calls her revolutionary love project. Well, another thing I love about her work is that it, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. You know, she's talking about big topics, but how, not only how they came to her, but how they can come to us. Right. She talked about being, uh, being at our southern border and meeting people at the southern border and to actually uh, be with them and to uh, experience the life that they're experiencing. So it doesn't look like a uh, political confrontation, but it's a, it's, uh, it's a human situation. And I think uh, a lot of what is attractive about her work is that it gives us the opportunity to take it personally in our lives. And one of the things that she talks about a lot is our birthing process yes. and us bringing ourselves into this new experience that we're heading towards now. Absolutely. She has, her areas are uh, others, opponents, and she said when you're working with opponents, you have to tend the wound, she calls it, and then ourselves. And she does, it's not that she thinks we're less important, but she thinks that if we do that, if we stop the othering, then we're really going to be able to love ourselves also. And so she calls ourselves, uh, she says, breathe and push. And so her analogy when we're working from the ourself part of this compass is it's like the birthing process. 
we breathe, we push, and then there's a transition. So her languaging is perfect, I think, for what each one of us needs to do in this world. And you mentioned the southern border. She also did a tremendous amount of work in the prisons in the Northeast with this same approach, trying to make changes, trying to help help them be healthier if prisons can be. And so, as I said, she's quite, uh, she is a, she finished her law degree at Yale and does uh, social justice uh, law work now. But she's a powerful young woman who's here at the right time. Well, I agree with that. And, you know, one of the things that uh, is really up for us now as we move uh, into a time of greater opening in our communities and mm-hmm. in our culture is, uh, you know, uh, sometimes there's the illusion that we're going to go back. It's going to go back to the way that it was. And I don't think there's any time when life goes back. It, life moves forward. Mm-hmm. And so the thing I like about this Revolutionary Love Project is it's pushing us to move into a new expression of ourselves. And uh, I think it's very much needed. And one of the things that uh, I liked uh, in listening to her, uh, listening to one of her talks, was she talks about uh, a feminist intervention that is, uh, that is happening now in our, uh, not only in our political world, but in our social world, where the, where the voices and the experiences of women are being heard more. And um, I find that really exciting, too. I wonder if I could get your take on that. Well, you know, I I am a feminine body, and uh, I came from a time, honestly, in the uh, 60s, 70s, where uh, feminism was something that was not necessarily a positive term that was used, and so you had to learn to stand up for yourself. And what, what I love about her approach is she takes it from the birthing, that as a woman is giving birth to a child... There is the labor, there's, the pu- there's breathing, there's the push, and then the child is born. And I think that's what, l- what we're going through. And I think that's why using that feminist language, that's what we have to understand. Whether or not men have had children, they can understand the concept of because many have children even though their wife gave birth. They understand that birthing process. They understand that we need the feminine in this world as well as we need the masculine. And so I think she has done a a really marvelous job in bringing that out for all of us to remember. And remember that when that child is born, there's a transition. And I know you've used a great example of now, you know, how some might want to get back in the womb yeah. <laughs> because it's safer. Well, we have a tendency to think that it uh, was better before mm-hmm. and we've got to go back to the way that it was. And I think that's one of the, one of the great dangers that we have now. And, and I think that uh, our opportunity is to imagine something new and something better and something more open and also something more just and to not look at uh, other people as a threat to us but as as part of the fabric of who we are and and I think the uh, the time that we're in when we can really see the whole world we can see what's going on in India and we can see what's going on in the Middle East uh, and, and we can, we can feel it and then 
there's only so much we can do in our personal lives, but we can do what we can do with the people around us, with the communities that we're in, with the families that we're a part of. And I think one of the things that I have loved about this revolutionary love project is it keeps coming back to the personal. Mm -hmm. What can I do? What What is a part of my experience that I can expand on? And what work can I do uh, to bring my light into mm -hmm. it? And isn't that true even in the teaching that we have, that that it is personal, that it needs to be personal for us to make have a change in our life. And I think that's what she's really saying. You know, and we hear, you know, Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Let's take that seriously. Well, I th you know, I see uh, in our teaching here uh, at Mile High Church and teaching the science of mind and spirit that we take a lot of classes, we take a lot of workshops, certainly you and I have taken a ton of them, yes. and I've taught a, a ton of them. And then it's a matter of how can we, how can we bring what we've learned out into the world, into our personal lives, right. not so much that we need to teach it to other people, but we need to be an example of it in the way that we mm -hmm. live, and we need to show up in a way that... Um, demonstrates the principles that we believe in. And I mm -hmm. think that's one of the really exciting things about the time that we're in. And yeah. to have new new leaders that are kind of coming forward the way that she is, uh, people who are willing to step into mm -hmm. that uh, that opening that is available to us now. And, and uh, I'm glad that we're a part of that. Yeah. And uh, uh, what do you, what are some things that you've gleaned from this work that you think we can do towards that uh, diminishing a sense of othering? I, a story comes to mind that she speaks of in her book, and I'm reading a book uh, by um, uh, Arno Mikolas, who, who was a skinhead in the, the group in Wisconsin. And it, I don't know if you remember, but during this whole time that she was moving across the country, one of the gudwaras in Wisconsin was a, a skinhead went in and shot all of these people. It was horrific. And yet, one of the young men who lost a loved one in that fight wanted to meet someone who to un, try to understand all that hate and that was in there and so Arno Mikolas who had been a skinhead who was in a, the head of that group he became his good friend they sat down and they talked they wondered about each other they listened to each other they took time each one of us can do that instead of jumping to the conclusion that you're wrong barry and i'm right and so you've got to see it my way you listen to them and it helps you understand where they're coming from i think that's a tremendous teaching that she brought just by listening wondering and being willing not that she wasn't angry not that she didn't have those feelings that yeah. she ought to but she saw the other person as a human she sees no stranger i think that's the key well you know the personal part of it is something i keep coming back to because on the grand scale the things that we take in uh from our environment from social media mm -hmm. uh from the news outlets um is all focused on um, 
division and, and competition and it's focused on the concept of othering and that mm -hmm. we're being threatened by other people and that we need to def defend ourselves from other people. And so on a personal level, I think is really where it's going to change yes. and each of us individually and what are we what are we actually feeling in our hearts and our mm -hmm. souls about other people rather than the information that's coming in at us right. because a lot of uh, um, there's a lot that's being invested uh, financially in keeping us divided and, and keeping the, uh, the different camps going. Mm -hmm. And I think it is revolutionary. This is a form of revolutionary love for us to take our own responsibility for our own lives. I think the, uh, what we're seeing is, is kind of the shadow side of freedom. Since we have so much freedom in our culture, uh, it can show up in a lot of uh, very uncomfortable ways. Right. I love that. I love that. And I think, I, I think it's, the, it's so important that we understand when we're othering. If we are awake and aware to what we're doing, then we can make a change. And as I said, and it's one person at a time. You know, it's not changing everybody all at once, but it's, you know, those great People who have come before us, the Martin Luther King Juniors, the uh, Gandhis, those who have been one person who stood for what they believed in, Jesus, and spoke it, and it changed lives. And each one of us, just in our actions with each other, can change one person's life, which will have such a beautiful effect on changing many people's lives. I agree, and that and that's the thing about taking this whole uh, time that we're in personally. I mean, we look a lot about outside, about what you know, what's going to happen next. What's the uh, what's the next mandate that's going to come down? What's this? But we. Each of us, I think, has to take it personally mm -hmm. and to find our own personal responsibility for our lives and the lives of the people around us. And how can we uh, move from uh, I to we, not, not just taking care of myself, but of moving out into the community and how can I have a positive influence in the, in the community that, I, that I'm in? Where can I show up and serve and where can I be more aware? Mm -hmm. And where can I bring in a more balanced um, outlook of what's going on in the world. Right. That's what I like for. Yeah, I love that. And I was just sitting here thinking of uh, how um, Tara Brock talks about being on the bus. And when somebody starts getting annoying to you, that you don't react to that, but you try to engage that person. You try to let them know how much you appreciate them. And, and just so many small ways that we can affect change in this world. Yeah, and the culture, you know, the cultures that we live in, the cultures of our cities and, and uh, each town, you know, we have been so uh, isolated because of um, because of the pandemic that we've kind of gotten into our own uh, our own little caves. And now, as we move out into the world, the consciousness that we bring with us is going to be our greatest um, our greatest ally in creating the kind of communities that we really want to create. Right. And so we need to practice. We need to practice. So speaking of practice, okay. I'm thankful that uh, I'm th so thankful that you came here today and yeah. that you have a uh, spiritual practice for us. So let's just take a minute and, uh, and move in that direction. All right.
So we're going to do a meditation now. And so I want you to get into a position that's comfortable for you. And you may close your eyes or you may unfocus them. And then pay attention to your breath. As you breathe in, what do you feel in your body right now? Where do you feel it in your body right now? Often it's the throat, the heart, the solar plexus, and if any of those are the spot, put your hand on that spot. And as we go through this meditation, if you feel anything, I invite you to put your hand back on that spot to remind yourself. And the out-breath. Hmm. The out-breath is that breath that is connecting you to the universe. Connecting you, it's your release, your letting go. So breathe in. And then let out that breath. Now I want you to in your mind's eye, see someone that you love dearly or someone that you care about very much. And I want you to think about what is it about that person? And maybe it's an animal. Whatever it might be, what is it? that makes you care for them so much. And embrace that notion. Embrace that idea right now. Now, I want you to Think about someone that you may be in conflict with. Continue to breathe. And if you feel some discomfort, put your hand on that spot in your body that is where you feel it. Now I'm going to make a revolutionary request that you see that person and you give them that same love 
and care that you have for that person who is easy to love. Embrace them. See their kindness. Be compassionate with that person right now. And now I'd like you to start coming back to wherever you are at this moment, to your chair, feeling your feet on the floor. Continuing to breathe. And then I'd like, to, like you to listen to a quote from Thomas Merton. Then it was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of their hearts, the depths of their hearts where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach, the core of their reality, the person that each one is in God's eyes. If only they could see themselves as they really are, if only we could see each other that way all the time, there would be no more war, no more hatred, no more cruelty, no more greed. I suppose the big problem would be that we would fall down and worship each other. And so it is. Well, thank you, Jackie. So, Reverend Jackie Harris, so great to have you with me here today, and uh, thank you for all your insights as we uh, move out into the world. Thank you, Barry. I yeah. appreciate it. And thank you all for listening, wherever you are, and uh, we got great work ahead of us, and I know that we're up for it. We will see you soon and hear you soon and what we're thinking about.